Hello, everybody, and welcome to Twilight, uh, where two uh, women in their 20s and 30s uh, <laughs> discuss a teen vampire film. Romance. Romance that has been out for 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. When did the first book come out the first book the first book came out when i was in either junior high or high school the books have been around for a good amount of time okay okay i don't know we could probably google that if only we had tiny computers <laughs> in our hands that could tell us that sort of thing so anyway i'm aaron and i'm kirsten and we will be guiding you through uh, through your journey through the Twilight films and universe. Universe, as well as <laughs> it's there's some in depth lore. I, I know. I okay. Know. Okay. Um. So it looks like the book series started. Oh, two thousand five. Oh, okay. The okay. book series, the first book of the series, came out in two thousand five. Okay. So. What, that's 15 years now, just about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> We're old. We know you guys are excited to listen to us talk about this book that was meant for 12-year-olds. Look, I feel like a good majority of the like fans of this franchise are... They have to like, be our age, right? They're older. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're older than us. That's true. They were older than us when it came out. Oh my god. <laughs> my mom read all of the Twilight books, by the way. So did mine. <laughs> We've talked a lot about the books. I should mention that this is we are just we're we're here to talk about the films. The we're films. here to yeah. rewatch and revisit the films in the universe uh ten years later. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for joining us. All right. So I guess we should just jump in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to start? We had some good ideas with uh, talking about how this is somehow simultaneously like the most virgin and also horniest like young adult series yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> literally mm -hmm. ever, which is what happens when you're super Mormon and, and want to bang everyone, <laughs> but especially the undead. That was the thing that I noticed whenever I was going through the TV Tropes article about the series earlier, is how there were so many mentions of, and I hadn't even really thought about it. Like, I, I, I thought about, like, Edward and Bella's relationship and how, like, unrequited and, like, mm -hmm. lustful and everything that it is, but I hadn't really thought about how, apparently, like, that's really just how, like all, like, all of the women in the entire series are, is they're just, like, so deprived uh-huh uh-huh that's it that's, <laughs> that's full it. stop just, that's i just just the women i'm just mentioning that lacking yeah everything yes <laughs> and how is always the men who like turn them down i'm like stephanie i need you to calm down girl <laughs> what are you not getting so i guess for any listeners who don't know twilight is about uh, young Bella Swan. This is good that you're doing this because I hadn't even considered doing this. I have to do a horror podcast all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we just read the IMDb description, but... <laughs> uh, who moves to Forks, Washington uh, to live with her dad and 
because her mom is married to a baseball player or something i guess but he's not even like a he's like a minor league baseball player <laughs> our protagonist is extremely self-sacrificial for reasons that we never address no no Mm-mm. she just assumes that her needs are infinitely less important than everyone's around her i mean she's a woman so hey yeah that's why she feels that way anyway is twilight feminist no, we'll pro I mean we're we're we'll we'll get it we'll get into that over the course of this series. So she moves to Fork, Forks, Washington and falls in love with a over 100-year-old vampire who is in high school for some reason. Because of reasons. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of a JRPG like dating sim for that reason. <laughs> this seems like a very like manga anime direction to <laughs> I don't know. We don't need to talk about why he's in high school, I guess, to keep up with the times. Uh, yeah, I think the explanation they give is to um, to appear like a human family. I don't know why they couldn't have just told them that their kids were homeschooled. That seems like it would have been easier. Sure. But instead, they put them into high school, and then they just miss the days that totally are normal. really sunny, so no one will see them sparkle. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about what why we're qualified to talk about this i guess you can i don't know why i'm qualified to talk about this i mean we're as qualified to talk about it as anybody i mean you do a horror podcast as you mentioned that's, earlier that's true i do uh and i have in the past written feminist critique of horror films how did this even start this started because i think that at some point we both figured out that we that we share a uh what's it called when you like something but you're ashamed of it <laughs> guilty pleasure guilty pleasure the twilight is a real guilty pleasure for both of us because i will like honestly i know that this this movie is not without its problem no one no one on this podcast is going to sell it to you that this is a perfect film or a perfect film series oh no no no, no. we're not here to tell you that like this is like great no like, no definitely not we're here to admit to you, the internet, in your into your ear holes, uh, <laughs> that we love this stupid, trashy series, warts and all, <laughs> and to talk about why and to talk about those problems. I feel like that's important. Yeah. To admit that it's okay to like things, even if they're not you know stanley oh, yeah. kubrick's the shining or yeah we don't need to <laughs> a scorsese film i'm not watching the departed ever again just don't even i've never seen it i never will <laughs> don't uh... at me <laughs> okay so so this episode is about the first installment which is just called twilight, twilight. <laughs> um what do you want to, what do you, where do you want to go from here? What do you want to? My very first thing is, okay, honestly, I had kind of forgotten all of the angsty teen narration and it really only, it does that thing of where it really only happens at the beginning and at the end. I hate narration. And like every once in a while in between. I Same. Hate, I hate narration so much and hers is the worst. It is invariably cheesy. And hers is so bad. She it, narrates everything. She's like, it's and then not I good. walk to my car. And Edwards was in my car. <laughs> like, <laughs> we acted, oh, this is, okay. So for some reason, whenever the filmmakers were making this movie, they 
forgot everything we had ever learned about filmmaking from a novel as source material. Like they forgot everything that in the past has worked and they were just like, oh, well, it's a novel. So we'll just we'll have her read everything talking (laughs) like it's the narrator of a novel. No, you do not have to do that. We very rarely do that anymore. Because we've figured out... I mean, do they do that in The Hunger Games? I haven't seen The Hunger Games in a really long time. I'm trying to think of other, like, YA novels of this ilk. Oh, I can't think of a YA... I mean, American Psycho does that. Like, he narrates. But I find it acceptable. I was going to say, I think it works then, because he's a narcissist. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. I don't think it's good. I think it's bad. Yeah, I'm not not into the narration. Um, Do you know what it makes me think of? Dare Diary. Mood apathetic (laughs) and man is her mood apathetic about literally everything it really is well i mean that's because she hasn't met her or her reason for living yet gross Uh uh-huh that is the thing that i feel like this film and this series in general do very well weirdly enough is when you are a teenager everything is the end of the world. Not that it feels like the end of the world. It is the end of the world. Oh, yeah. And this boy is her entire world and losing him, which, spoiler alert, that's going to happen later, uh, is, in fact, the end of the world. Yeah, I think that's one thing. That's one thing, weirdly, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more tolerant of. You would Mm -hmm. think that the closer I was to being a teenager, I would have been more empathetic, but no, I used to really hate this. But now when I watch things that have teenagers in them and they piss me off and I'm like, why are they being so stupid? And I'm like, oh, well, they're a teenager. Yes. And this is what happens when you're a teenager. Well, I feel like when you're younger, you're too close to it. And so you can't look at it with like a realistic eye and empathize and say, oh, you know, my brain was (laughs) not fully formed and completely just filled with hormones. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they do that very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole, uh, but, uh, but also that's, uh, the whole like obsessive, uh, while that is realistic, it's also not healthy. No, no, (laughs) it's not good. But I mean, it is, and I see why, for that reason, I see why she used, you know, vampires because it's very much the idea of like a consumptive love, like the kind of feeling that just like takes over your entire being also she like gets to do that lolita thing without it being like with with it being like socially excused because he's a vampire like and also because she is (laughs) i don't know largely portrayed as entirely unattractive yeah like it's very much not like a fetishization of her youth because she acts and dresses like an old man yes (laughs) her clothing choices were very confusing she Uh had a lot of jackets yes (laughs) i mean we should have known how gay she was then i mean she was very gay (laughs) the shorthand was there i think that stephanie meyer was just breezing right past it (laughs) i don't know if kristen kristen stewart knew it at the time that's totally fair i mean she was dating robert pattinson oh i was 
talking about Bella. Oh, yeah. Bella. Okay. But Kristen Stewart <laughs> also works. Look, <laughs> you cannot, like, you will never convince me that any vampire is heterosexual. Like, there's no way. They're all at least bisexual. Oh, You're yeah. not going to spend hundreds of years only, like, fucking yeah, the you opposite get, sex. You're you going to get, get bored. bored. <laughs> and Anne Rice knew that. <laughs> Anne Rice knew that very well, but... Again, I think that this whole series is very colored by Stephanie Meyer's religious upbringing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a, uh, a PSA for abstinence. Sure. <laughs> so I feel like that leads very naturally to a thing that you and I talked about earlier off off mic, <laughs> which to was stop ourselves. yes, <laughs> everyone was so livid about the idea of a vampire being shiny (laughs) we're so people were so upset about it like the best part was that people would say things like that's not that goes against vampire lore and i'm like no like there is that's not a thing that exists like the lore as you are probably thinking of it is from dracula and literally like no modern horror even like buffy doesn't prescribe to subscribe it's like i don't know am i using that right subscribe subscribe subscribe, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> buffy doesn't do that Anne rice's vampires don't do that like Anne rice's vampires could theoretically go into the sun they didn't because they're so pale they would look like statues and it would be very like obvious dead. they weren't human yeah which is just like the cullens only not shiny sure <laughs> So it's not like there was some, like, set of rules that Twilight was breaking. People just... Well, I mean, it was social rules of a vampire can't be badass and also glittery. Right. Which is silly. I, I mean, think it's... I think it's very... I don't know. This... The, I, I think it's toxic masculinity that says that you can't be glittery and also strong. <laughs> I think, I mean, I agree. Take that, society. <laughs> I mean, if Emmett Cullen can be sparkly, anybody can be sparkly. Well, I mean, in a way that kind of makes them way cooler because then, I mean, they truly are like, they say how hard it is to kill a vampire. Like it's, you have to like literally tear them to shreds and pretty much uh-huh. the only beings that can do it are another vampire that is stronger or a, a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Which is how it is in Anne Rice. Like, you have the really the only way is to, like, like burn them or dismember them, mm-hmm. essentially. Which, what's interesting also, going through, again, the TV tropes. We should donate to TV tropes because I use it a lot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> TV tropes and Wikipedia. We love you. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Um, the TV tropes uh, page on this entire series has so much in the artistic license field (laughs) of where it's just talking about specifically the medicine and biology of being a vampire. And somebody is missing the point. It really just makes me think of, okay, so (laughs) in the Simpsons, there's this one scene where Marge takes a picture of Bart and Lisa, and then it prints out into a Polaroid that then turns into a cake. And she says, now that scientists have invented magic, we can do anything. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, when you're trying to apply science to magic, 
I don't know, maybe calm down. It's fiction. It's fiction. It's fiction. It is. There are some supernatural elements at play here. Like, honestly, if we really want to talk about the real life repercussions of vampirism, all vampires should be clinically insane because your brain would just get too full of information. So, like, our brains are computers, and the more information you have in them, the faster life seems to go. Right. So, I mean, vampires, like, they, they would all be driving, like, five miles per hour like an old person. Like, like the world's <laughs> oldest person. Like, you couldn't function regularly in society and have a brain that was that full of information for that long. Right. Right. Because you just can't do that. It's not... Yeah. Because you're not human. You're superhuman. Like, right. Like, I don't need to know, I, not that I haven't thought about how their biology works, but I don't really need, like, a full explanation. I mean, there is some really insane biology in here, especially when we get into the... I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll save, <laughs> we'll save most of the biological discussion for our, what, like, eighth episode or uh, sixth episode. Four. Breaking Dawn Part One. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh. <laughs> There's a lot. That's a body horror. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, was there? I mean, there were there any were there any moments of the movie that you wanted to talk about? Bring to light. Um. Well, when I was looking at TV tropes and this was like talking about Bella as a character and talking about her, like she's she's very nondescript. She's you know, and it's not like she says that she's ugly. It's just that she's plain or whatever mm -hmm. that means. Um, sure. Which is weird because I don't think Kristen Stewart is plain, but sure. Uh, <laughs> Agree. Uh, they do. It's interesting, though, because they do try to make her less attractive. Yeah. She has like green eyes, but they put brown contact lenses well, in. Well, everybody and, has like, to wear color contacts in that well, movie. All the vampires have, for like, various reasons, like gold eyes or yeah. something like that. I don't know. It's a lot. I they, mean, and it's like apparently colored contact technology was not very good at the time because they look terrible. No, but what's funny is, have you been on a cosplay uh, contact lens website? No, but recently, they have them, but they, they they absolutely do. Colin, Colin they eyes. do. They have like gold <laughs> ones, and also, um, of course, you know, like I, I'm sure I'm sure that they've had red ones for a long time, but now they have you know not demonic red ones and like. Ones. Yes, exactly. So they look m much more natural and <laughs> like a, you know, a regular iris and everything, sure. but red. Um, but but since they give Bella such a such a plain look and frankly, not a lot of personality, mm -hmm. like she doesn't have I mean, she has, you know, personal characteristics or whatever, but she ends up just being defined by her relationship with Edward, which is also unhealthy to tell teenage girls. Sure. Um, but one of the things I was reading about was um, audience surrogate. So, like, Bella is intended for you to to project yourself onto her. She's pants. Yes. Yeah. She's <laughs> she's pants. She's pants. You can put on the pants. <laughs> you can walk around. You can be Bella. You can have this incredible supernatural being be super into you for, for apparently no reason. reason. Like, I don't... <laughs> because they say that part of the reason he's attracted to her, aside from, like, her cocaine blood or whatever, <laughs> is that <laughs> he's apparently, like, also attracted to her human qualities of, like, being warm and... I know. We're all warm. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> right? Like, that's some of the thing. And then also that proves to be, like, 
super false again later in the series when he's like even more into her when she finally does spoiler alert i'm sorry this franchise has been out for 10,000 years. I'm, I'm, we're going to spoil Twilight for you. If you haven't had a Sorry. spoiler alert this far into the <laughs> podcast, we're going to spoil some of the things that happen in Twilight. Uh, she becomes a vampire. <gasps> I know. No. I know. I'm as surprised as you. But, and then he's even, you know, more into, like he says. The series could have been so much shorter if he had just turned her into a vampire. Like, <sighs> I have this thought. Like, I, just, I have this thought you, every <laughs> single time. There were so many opportunities. When James bites her, just let her turn. Just do it. You, well, it's, and it's because then you have one movie. Well, yeah. You have one book. You have sure. one movie. There's not this, like, whole epic love story of trying to keep Bella alive and protected, even though it's, like, well, because Edward doesn't want her to lose her soul. But that's not... So now we're back to the whole. What happens? We're then now we're now we're back now we're back to the whole Mormonism. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty uh, typical. No offense, Mormons. It's just that you're kind of hardcore. <laughs> that's a pretty typical like thread though in like vampire romance. It's that they're they have this uh, guilt. They don't want to turn their right. partner. <gasps> oh my god! What is this a virginity thing? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you have to maintain their purity and innocence. They don't have sex until like the very end. Oh God. Right. And so and and he's not drinking her blood. So I don't understand the point of this relationship at all. <laughs> like they're supposed to be the she's supposed to be this super horny teenager, but like she's not banging him and he won't bang her. Right. Yeah. And, like, they're not doing the symbolic, like, I'm going to drink your blood. Sure. Because that's sexy. And literally one of the only reasons I became attracted to you to begin with. I don't understand. Me? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yes. I just don't, I don't understand why this relationship exists. Well, and you can't even really say that it's, oh, it's because she's 16, because he's, like, 142 or whatever. Yeah. However old he is. I... If you know and you're shouting at your car stereo right now, I'm sorry. I don't know how old Edward Cullen is. I don't think that anybody who's going to listen to this actually, like, knows anything about Twilight. That's fair. This is not, this really isn't for the Twihards. This is for our... small group. (laughs) This is for the people who are tired of us tweeting about Twilight. Yes. (laughs) God, finally they can just say it all out loud and we don't have to talk about it anymore. At part we don't have to we don't have to yell about it at house parties anymore. <laughs> For an audience of mostly unwilling listeners. It's just becoming like a it's like a running running gag for me now. Oh, it's the Twilight Girl. It's just <laughs> TM. <laughs> Why don't we call this podcast that? Twilight Girl. The TM. Twilight Girl. <laughs> What were we talking about? (laughs) Virginity? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's definitely... I mean, vampirism is sex. Again, Anne Rice knew this. Bram Stoker knew this. That actually, I think, came from Freud. Shocking, I know. Oh. Uh, That the other... I mean, obviously, the other... Whatever. 
metaphor. It's just for our desire to not die. Sure. Because humans are terrified of death. Yeah, and we're fragile and breakable, which, again, is why if you turn her in the first freaking book, movie, whatever, then she won't then she's unbreakable and the volturi aren't after her and she can't get pregnant with some weird vampire human spawn again spoilers i'm not sorry i gave you a warning (laughs) (sighs) yeah no there's so many things that could have been avoided including like a war a literal war between like factions of vampires i don't in the third one i I don't know i get very confused about which movie is which i know that the first that's because the plot structure is all over the place it is uh i know that the first movie is the one with um the three vampires who are just running around seattle being serial killers essentially Mm -hmm. right sure james and the giant and What's her name? Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. Uh, Just running around Seattle being like serial killers, just killing people all willy-nilly. Right. And being barefoot because this is a Tarantino movie, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And thinking, I guess, that every vampire should be like that. Like, if if you're not like that, then you are some kind of like neutered, like... Right. Weirdo. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's almost the like vegetarian versus you know non-vegetarian debate in real life of (laughs) well if you aren't gonna eat meat then i hate everything about you because that's (laughs) threatening to me for some reason because you have i don't know more self-control or whatever (laughs) i don't know it goes both ways man yeah oh okay i can we (laughs) i want to rewind really quickly because there was a thing on this most recent rewatch that i noticed that i that like really stuck out to me which was, which is impressive <laughs> because I've seen this movie a lot of times. And I've made a lot of people watch this movie. Um, so their relationship happens pretty much in spite of literally everything, including an extreme lack of until they finally get together, they have like almost no chemistry at all whatsoever. It's just yeah. him looking nauseous and her talking to him anyway eventually she winds up asking him out and i'm just like that honestly the balls at 16 to ask out your crush who clearly seems honestly repulsed by you even though i mean obviously that turns out to be false right and he's like super into her and part of the reason that he's you know doing all of that but i'm just saying like if you just go by like the physical signs he is not into you and you just ask him out Randomly, I wrote down, he's so immediately possessive and yet also rude. (laughs) So rude. He's so outright rude to her. And I get like, I, you know, it's that whole, I've got to push you away because I'm bad for you. Right. Well, I mean. You can't like me because I'm bad. I'm not saying that I don't get it. I'm just saying that it's truly incredible that these people wind up being together despite literally all evidence that they should not have ever even like started talking in like a romantic sense at all yeah no yeah it's wild the the uh the overacting of oh no of those parts is hilarious to me though he he sees her and he's just like no one can see this because we're talking and we're just 
uh, this is just audio, but he's just <laughs> stares at her so intently. So intently. It's like... If someone were staring at me like that, I mean, I think that I would want to, like, run away and never be in the room with that person ever again. Right? Yeah. Even if it was somebody that I was like, you're hot and you seem interesting. As soon as you start staring at me like that, as soon as you start appearing in my room while I am sleeping, I'm just like, <laughs> okay, um, I would like to uh, sign. I, I would I would like to sign one of those protective orders, please. Well, and he, like he, he so uh, doesn't want to doesn't want to be with her because he's bad. But right. he wants to. And he's like, going to ruin her. But he wants to control her. You know, like he doesn't want her to hang out with the wolves. Yes, sure. He wants her on his terms, and also not at all. That sounds honestly normal. <laughs> <laughs> not unlike. Oh, good. Not unlike relationships. <laughs> all women may have experienced. <laughs> Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> Again, I want to really drive home that I don't think that Bella is a bad character. Like, despite, you know, being kind of poorly written in some places mm -hmm. and not having a personality that she expresses outwardly a whole ton. I like Bella. Yeah. I think she deserves better than Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah that I might mean, just be me supporting women though. So I just he's just not the vampire I would have chosen. I guess. <laughs> okay, who would you have chosen for Bella? Or I was just talking about me, but oh okay okay. <laughs> You're Bella. I'm Bella. You're Bella in this situation. Everyone is Bella. Everyone is Bella. <laughs> We're all Bella. It's Bella all the way down. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Is there there a fictional vampire you would have chosen over Edward? Uh, oh, any fictional vampire? Yeah, anyone. Ooh. Um. This just got real broad because I have an answer within the universe. You do. I do. Is it Garrett the vampire? <laughs> Okay, did I tell you about this? The What We Do in the Shadows TV show? Yeah, that they okay, reference it. They, yeah, they have... They, they, he, there's like a scene where they're like, oh, and that's Garrett the Vampire. Oh, man. And I lost my mind because I was just like, that's so specific. There's no way it's not a reference. How far into it is it? It's pretty far into the first okay. season. I've only, I think I've only seen like I think it's like eight episodes, episodes in. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait, so who in, in the universe? Alice. Oh, well, yeah. Right? Right. Obviously. I mean, and she would always know, like, where you should go. Well, I guess they don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> she would be great at picking the entertainment because she would already know what you were going to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. And she's just, I don't know. I feel like she would balance out. Bella is always... Like, clearly she's down to go on adventures because she's kind of, like, she kind of outs herself to be, like, a danger slut, but... <laughs> She is also very, like, quiet and reserved, and I feel like Alice would balance that out in yeah. her a lot. Mm -hmm. Because agree. she's so, like, bubbly and upbeat and well, I gets mean, excited about things everybody and would help Bella family, be excited about things. like, already dates each other, so... Sure. I mean, it's it's possible that, you know, 100 years in the future, they all just start sharing. I'm sorry, are you <laughs> insinuating that the Cullens are going to become swingers? 
They might as well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're all already all dating. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, are you listening? <laughs> they don't. They don't just have to be swingers. I mean, they could have meaningful relationships. Oh, sure. Allison and Edward and Bella could be a throuple. I mean, it's fine. What happens to Jasper? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst character. Damn. Like, hands down. Damn. The worst. <sighs> fair. Totally fair. He's not interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Aww. Uh, Rosalie is okay. She's fine. She's annoying. <sighs> She's very, like, um... Uh, self-righteous. She is self-righteous and kind of uppity and... But I love Emmett. Rosalie is very, can I speak to your manager? Yes. Emmett's great. Rosalie I love Emmett. wants to speak to all of the managers. Emmett, to me, is like... I mean, he would take offense to this because he hates werewolves, but... Emmett, to me, is, like, the dog hanging out, like, hanging his head out of the window. He literally just like super, does that well, in no, the I, movie. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> probably why I have that visual. He stands up in the Jeep or, or on he top won't, of the Yeah, truck. he won't ride inside of cars. <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> which is the opposite of a dog, but same sure. concept. <laughs> yes. A dog would not ride inside of a car if they had the choice. Right. If I'm they just saying. If they could ride in the back of the truck, like, with their paws up on the cab. I love Emmett. He's fantastic. Emmett and Rosalie are the, like, uh, the other couple friend in a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Where Edward because and Bella she's... are the focus. And yes. <laughs> she's, like, the practical best friend, and he's her weird, annoying husband. Yes. And they're all four very close friends. Like in, uh, like in that one movie. Sure. I love you, man. Oh, yeah. I'd watch that spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> At home with the Cullens. At home. Um, uh, Jasper's accent is, is bad. bad. Jasper's hair is bad. Um, <laughs> everything about Jasper is bad. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. I like that actor. I feel bad saying that because I like that actor. I don't actor. know if I've seen him in literally anything He's else. got this weird, like, migratory southern general accent going on, which oh. I think, isn't he from the Civil War? I like, don't they say he's oh, like a Civil Jasper? War? Yeah, Jasper. Yeah. Get, it just, it, it doesn't, it's not consistent. It's extremely inconsistent. No. I mean, it's, yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, that, uh, that is always funny to me. When accents are inconsistent. Oh, but that's not... I mean, like, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Uh, it can't be worse than um, David Boreanaz's Irish accent. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> I saw, like, a tweet. He's so pretty. And he's not a bad actor. No. He just can't... They gave him an accent and a character backstory that was impossible for him to do why not just make him british great question that would have been so much easier that seems so much easier generic british accent you don't have to place him in a specific spot you know like he could just be in london don't sure. know what part of england he's from he has a generic british accent you could make vague but implications you, make him irish. <laughs> you could make vague implications that he was perhaps jack the ripper which i think would be funny 
They should have done that with Spike. They should have. There were lots of missed opportunities on that show. I mean... Angel does not need to be Irish. No. I mean, Angel and Spike are the best love story on that show, but... (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) I saw a tweet that was something like... uh, do everything in your life with the confidence of David Boreanaz doing an Irish accent. <laughs> I want that on a motivational poster. It's really good. <sighs> Can we talk for a second about my favorite scene in the whole movie? We're going to talk about baseball. Baseball. Vampires playing baseball. Oh, and also... I mean, this is pretty much the entire movie as a whole, uh, but can we also talk about how this movie pretty much invented the Hudson filter on Instagram? Yes, this this that's what I said. This yeah. this movie has the cinematography of an Instagram filter. It's like <laughs> it's so cool toned. Yes, for I mean, I guess it's because they're they're supposed to be in Washington. I think so, but I mean, people like live there. <laughs> it also just like really I. It, on the one hand, I kind of like it. Sure. I think it's different. But on the other hand, it super dates this movie. It does. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's a big choice. I support big choices. Yeah. It's but a, I mean, it's such, it's a choice. <laughs> such indie. It's like, so blue. Yeah. The whole thing is so blue. I feel like you lose a lot of... Because... Because the whole movie is so blue, you lose a lot of opportunities for, you know, I mean, you could, in theory, like, amplify certain scenes by opting to make them, you know, a a warmer color palette. And that just doesn't exist because this whole movie is just blue washed. Right. It's very blue. And then they don't do that in the other movies. No, they don't, because I think they probably figured out that it was a really big choice and that's very distracting. (laughs) The other movies are actually, like, almost oversaturated. Yeah. Like, they're very... Mm -hmm. High contrast. Yeah. Which is good, because it kind of flies in the face of a lot of what we were doing in the... I guess earlier 2000s of everything was being super, like, gritty and dark and kind of a gray color palette, which I think is, I think that a lot of movies from that time period really suffer for that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Give me some examples. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, The Departed is one. Uh, you've never um, seen that. <laughs> no, but I know what it looks like. And uh, The Dark Knight oh, is yeah. definitely another. Mm-hmm. I think The Dark Knight was a big reason that it became a thing to begin with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but... The whole, yeah, everything has to, like, and the bad word is, of course, gritty. Everything had to be gritty. Gritty. Yeah. So for this to be so, like, intentionally, I don't want to say soft, because I feel like soft is wrong. Yeah, it's more, like, intentionally, uh, like, crisp, maybe? Yeah. Like. Twilighty. It's constantly twilight in (laughs) force. I mean, like that's the lighting that it's like simulating. My my, I think my biggest complaint about the the writing and this is just the writing in general is that like there's so many like quirks. Uh huh. Like vampires playing baseball. Baseball. 
you know, like things that are just vehicles for being interesting. You sure. Know, like adding adding coolness to the story. Yes. That just like don't. Yeah. How many families do you know that just oh. all get together and put on real baseball uniforms Matching. and drive yeah. out? It doesn't even have to be into the middle of the fort. Like it's yeah, it's just a, it's a quirky thing. It's but like it oh, it's our be. family's thing. As we all go but it has to be during a thunderstorm is that what you were gonna say yes <laughs> i see what you guys need the thunder <laughs> we're too powerful they we break the sound barrier which isn't that like not good <laughs> super bad for your ears <laughs> it's, super it's, like, it's like super bad for your ears <laughs> <laughs> why does the <laughs> Why does Bella not just have, like, tinnitus for the rest of the film? I don't know. She should be wearing those, like, concert, like, going headphones that they put on babies. Like, oh, all I was going to say, yeah, I mean, those are the same as what I was going to say, which was I was going to say at a gun range. Like, <laughs> yes. she should be wearing yes. the protective earwear that you wear at a gun range. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of times where they... Um, they act like they're so concerned about Bella's safety, like, mm-hmm. all the time, but then they do weird stuff that's, like, And then they bring her with them. <laughs> to, the, to this baseball game. Damn like, it. we're just gonna, sh- we're just gonna show off to you, but also, you will almost get murdered as a result. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't know. Also, I really love how committed the filmmakers are to using that run effect when it is not good looking. The, like, speed. The running effect of where you can see their legs moving. It's almost... It's almost Looney Tunes-esque. You can, like, see their legs moving, but they're, like, flying faster than they possibly could be. Oh, my God. The spider monkey. That's how you know. Okay, that's how you know that Robert Pattinson is a good actor. That is my (laughs) one. Do not tell me that this movie is bad because Kristen Stewart or Robert Pattinson are bad actors because Robert Pattinson says the line... You'd better hang on, Spider Monkey. And it's somehow not the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. It's not even the most ridiculous thing in that movie. It's not. <laughs> it's wild. I love those scenes. They're so ridiculous. They look so ridiculous. Yes. We're just jumping from branch to branch. And again, if you want to talk about a thing, I honestly, okay. Hmm. This has got real big, like, Spider-Man and Mary Jane vibes for me, of where it's just like, you're just doing this to be stupid and show off because, really, like, you clearly haven't thought of the implications here, which is that if she falls off, she could break her neck and instantaneously die. Right? (laughs) Again, like, I've got to protect you. I can't turn you into a vampire. I have to make sure you're safe. They constantly, they constantly say there's all, like, they do all of these things for the reason of, quote unquote, protecting her, but then they just put her in harm's way over and over and over again. on his back, not even in a baby Bjorn, just like... (laughs) (laughs) Bella Bjorn? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Vampire capitalism. Get on it. (laughs) There's a market for this. Uh, Okay. Yeah, so baseball. Vampires play baseball. Because, of course, they do. The whole... uh, the, The villains in this movie, like, it's just... I mean, I guess I kind of... I get it. It's supposed to be just like that 
Well, they're, I mean, they're Point, villains. They're serial killer. Like, they're, there's, they're vindictive. They're right. evil. Well, they don't really have a reason. No. To, they, they just don't like that the Cullens are hanging out with a human. That's yeah. literally the whole. Well, I guess that's kind of what I'm saying when I say it's like the whole vegetarian, like, in real life thing. It's just like, is art. Are these person's actions like are are they hurting you? No, so calm down and back away. Like, right. but no, some people can't just like let it go. They're just like, oh well, no. I mean, this is this is annoying to me personally, so I'm going to do everything in my power to ruin these people's lives and you. murder this innocent girl. <laughs> and that was such a like serial killer thing to do too. Like he takes her and like the whole like her mom, the video of her mom playing oh my God. and she thinks her mom is there and then it's just a home movie and her yes. mom is actually safe somewhere. Yes. In her old dance studio, which was also again like a like a gimmicky vehicle for something. Sure. You I mean I I get that this was the irony was that she's so clumsy and yet she used to take dance lessons. <laughs> yeah, there's that. For sure. Wait, what happens? Does she does she wind up? Does she get cut in that? He, or does that? He, I mean, I know that he takes her to the dance studio. I <laughs> watched. Yeah, she gets like her leg gets cut. That's right. Okay, by the yeah, glass yeah. that yes. breaks, and then he bites her. Yeah. And I mean, they also miss a lot of. Okay, so there's, you know, we're we're not formally educated but we're somewhat educated about how to read movies yeah i feel like there's some missed opportunities there with like i mean you've got all of these mirrors but they really do part of the failure of this film is that they just do things because they look cool not because there's a reason there's a reason because usually mirrors symbolize you know self-reflection like literally and figuratively like Mm self-reflection or you know the self as an interior, like if the mirror's broken or, right. you know, tricks with mirrors to suggest, you know, that you're there, or you're not there. Right. Or, or whatever. You right. know, there's I tons and tons and tons of tricks that filmmakers do with mirrors. Right. And they don't do any of that with no. this. It's it, literally just, just it, her childhood dance studio. It, it this could, is a thing that could have happened. Yeah, you could have replaced that with literally any other thing from her childhood. It yes. It did not matter that it was a dance studio. Well, but it's fun to shoot with all of those, you know, walls of mirrors. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It could have been a library. What if she, like, really liked books? It could have been in, like, a really cool library. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what if she liked books but was an idiot? <laughs> That's the irony. I don't think that she's... She's average. I mean, she's average in every I'm way. Not saying that she, well, I'm not saying that she is an idiot, but I'm just saying, like, to go back to your... What you were saying about she's she took dance classes, but then she wound up, you know, being super clumsy and not. Yeah. What if she liked books but was illiterate? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you read, have you read the thing about, uh, like, what the specific books that... Stephanie Myers based these on no like each one is uh based on a like a book no um tell me more 
Now I can't remember. I know that the second one is Romeo and Juliet. Okay. I I want to say the third one is Wuthering Heights. Okay. Um, the fourth one I don't remember what the first and fourth one are. Okay. Some other like Jane Austen or or Bronte or you know Shakespeare or something. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> classics. But they all like Historical she has said that they all have some. Each one has a the shell of huh which the romeo and juliet one is pretty obvious obvious. yeah Yeah. interesting no i did not know that (laughs) i did not know that stephanie meyer was doing anything besides projecting herself into a weird adolescent fantasy (laughs) (laughs) but good i'm glad that she worked a little bit harder than that (laughs) again i love this movie i wanted i can't say that enough I know we're ripping it a new one a whole, whole lot. That's what you do, right? I mean. Kill your darlings. Right. Um, Oh, can we talk for a second about, uh, speaking of Bella and Edward getting together despite literally everything, um, my second favorite scene in the whole film, which for some reason no one ever remembers that this happens, but when they go out to dinner... This is just like she's like just sort of figured out that he's a vampire, but he hasn't like admitted to to her yet. And they've just kind of started like seeing each other barely. And they go out in uh, La Fudge. What's the what's the Native American town? La Push. Thank you. They go out in La Push and their waitress the extra that they cast to be their waitress was clearly allowed to style herself (laughs) because she has her hair in victory rolls. She is the most distracting looking person I've ever seen allowed on screen that has barely any speaking role. She was just like, I'm going to make this count. This is going to be my big break. I can only assume. This is going in my reel. And someone should have caught it and they did not it is it is jarring it makes no sense you never see her again it, like and not even in the it it would make sense if it were like a certain kind of restaurant you know like no it was a it's like a, rest, it's nice, like a nice quiet, italian restaurant like, or something yes. it's just like candles on the table yes why is she dressed like she's in a sock up i don't know it's so strange it's such a strange choice that there is absolutely no way that anyone involved in the making of the film told her to do that. <laughs> it's not like she was in wardrobe and they were like, this is the waitress outfit this is what that we're we have for you. <laughs> it was like she brought her own clothes from home, walked out there and was like, this is what I'm going to do. And they were like, we got it. <laughs> oh, man. Did I talk about how many coats Bella had? She has a lot of coats. She has so many coats. Didn't you? You kept a coat. I did. I I lost track though. My I say right now. I say it says four, but I think I stopped counting at some point because there was just a different one in every scene. Which is truly impressive, given that she has come from From Arizona. Arizona. Like I get that the desert is cold at night sometimes, but like you don't need ten coats. You have so many coats, and they're all of relatively the same weight. It's not like she has a fall coat and a winter coat and like a it's sleeting coat. Yeah. They're just, they're, I mean, they're fashion. They're like slightly padded, but they're like fashion jackets. Yeah. There's so many of them. And they're all in muted colors. Yeah. Some of them are in the same color. (laughs) Slightly different styles. Blue. (laughs) Her dusty rose. Khaki. Ugh. Hate all of those words. So many coats. Um... 
Emmett wears a lot of velour tracksuits. Uh, <laughs> what else? That's just an aside. That's not. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to go. We don't this. have to go into the symbolism of Emmett wearing tracksuits. Uh, her friends are like the they're there was are useless characters in this movie. Like, yes, they're just there as a like. Anna Kendrick's in it. She's fantastic. I know. It's the first thing I ever saw her in. I love her. She's adorable. I can't remember if I saw her in this first or Scott Pilgrim. Probably this, right? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, they're just... They're Catch just... our Scott Pilgrim podcast on... No, I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> they're just... They're just... Uh... What? I don't... This is the other thing about her being so, like, plain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody... Like, Forks must be really boring because she's, like, the most exciting thing that has ever happened to this high school. Sure. And they're just like, everybody wants to be friends with her. She came here from Arizona. Like... And has super exciting. Almost no personality. Zero personality. Outwardly, anyway. No, everybody wants to be friends with her. Yeah. And she clearly does not care about any of them. No. And the poor guy that's like barely ever mentioned, because ultimately what we're going to get down to is the love triangle that is Edward, Bella, and Jacob. Oh, uh, yeah, but Mike. <laughs> right? Yes. Mike. Poor blonde baby Mike. <laughs> who for some reason gets it in his head that this is the girl he wants to go after because she's the cool new girl or whatever and she is the most uninterested any person has ever been in someone else ever <laughs> without actively hating him yeah no normal mike then you have to have like the the teen drama Jessica wants to be with Mike, but Mike likes Bella. Bella does do that good thing, though. Is that in the first movie or the second That is the first movie, I think, of where she says, oh, but the really skinny girl whose name I can't think of is into you. Jessica. Is it Jessica? Yeah. Jessica. Anna Kendrick's character? Yes. Oh, wait, no, that's not the really skinny girl. The other girl is the really skinny girl. But yeah, Anna Kendrick is into you. I wish. <laughs> God, I wish that were me. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's so interesting to me. And I guess it's a little bit, I guess it's a little bit to serve as sort of an intro into this world without like, you know, just confronting us with vampire drama right off the bat. But it's so strange that there are all of these, you know, like side characters with, their own things going it's yeah it's supposed to, i guess supposed to like put her in the real world right. or whatever so show she the, is also the... a high school student dealing with high school issues right. while at the same time trying to contend with being in love with a vampire and also finding out that vampires are real and also finding out that werewolves are real and uh this kid that's like two years younger than her that she doesn't really have feelings for but then she kind of has feelings for uh is a werewolf (laughs) not a werewolf not a werewolf what they're like wolf changelings they're not they're not like werewolves by where like (laughs) wait are they wait what what are you saying about they're not like werewolf werewolves like they're it's not transmitted by bite it's not dependent on the full moon you know what i mean like they're like they're like sure they're like animagi okay okay gotcha Sure, that's fair. Like, (laughs) what do you want? (laughs) 
it's Harry Potter or Twilight. Right. Pick your references. <laughs> like, that's all I've got. <laughs> this is what I'm made of. <laughs> sure, but he's a, a wolf or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. And then she's maybe a little bit in love with both of them. I guess. They're like, Jacob's terrible. Well, yeah. Again, they are all teenagers. That's important. That's an important thing to remember. But they are, I mean, they're possessive and horrible and they both hate the other one. Right. Well, and in the first one, Jacob's like 15. Yeah. 14? I think he's supposed to be 14. Yeah. Because it's like they very much have like a younger brother kind of relationship. And then he like puberty hits him like a ton of bricks and all of a sudden he's like in love with her full on well, and, and like there's all these like he gets a haircut it's weird like she's supposed to have like and an abs cut known, known him when they were little right but i don't get that they at, like, like met i don't feel that at all like they were yeah. supposed to have like when she would come visit her dad when they were little they made mud pies yeah, yeah. they hung out a bunch yeah but I don't get that at all. No. It she, doesn't seem to be a just thing. She seems like, she's like, oh, yeah, you exist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, again, I don't know. I get. Because do I care about any of the people that my parents forced me to hang out with when I was five? No, no not really. Not. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a real friendship. We just coexisted and probably, like, bullied each other. <laughs> and told each other the other one was a poo head. I don't know. Um, can we talk about the best character in this entire series? Of course. Who are we talking about? Charlie Swan. Oh, I love Charlie so much. (laughs) Poor, precious, angel baby Charlie Swan. The only redeemable character in this whole stupid franchise. (laughs) He just wants to raise his daughter well. I know. And he's the only cop I like. (laughs) And, and he does not know how to handle he, a teenager at all. Which is so funny because she's way more personality-wise like her dad than she is like her mom, who's like, by all counts, like, flighty and... Oh, yeah. No, she's way more like Just, him. like, lets she her just... phone die all the time and left forks because she didn't like it. And but she's a Pisces. <laughs> Owned. <laughs> no, but Charlie's great. He's yeah. just trying to just trying to be with his kid. Like, he's so excited that she's there that's why that oh god i hate i hate it when she's like she's trying she to has do to be mean to him she's trying to do the right thing because she doesn't want him to get hurt or whatever but yeah that just breaks my she has to like superhero heart. him and yeah. be like we yeah we i can't be around I you can't be you're around gonna get you killed right like but she makes it like like she hates living with him or something and i just I broke know. my heart he worked so hard he set up her stupid room for her like she says i'm gonna wind up i'm gonna to... wind up here just like mom which is such a like exa- oh if was... you come from like a broken Ugh. home with like you know lost feelings of love between the parents like god no it's heartbreaking it made me it's like the so worst sad. thing that you could say but it's also so teenager, you know, like, even oh, though, yeah. even though, like, obviously not all the teens who say this are, you know, trying to prevent their dad from, like... I would say like, that Becca, or Becca, oh my god. <laughs> I would say that Bella is empathetic for a teenager. Right, 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 right. Which is why it's, like, doubly the worst that she's having to say this to him. Because yeah. it's just, like... Ugh. Yeah, she has to be shockingly mean to him. I just, I just, my heart broke, breaks for him. I just yeah. want... 
He like sets up her room for her when like, she comes to. He clearly to... went to like the teen section of IKEA in Seattle or something <laughs> to go outfit he her drove. room. Like he had some he poor drove IKEA to Macy's <laughs> and asked in the city and asked the youngest person in the store if they could help him pick out. A nice purple bedspread. And fairy lights. And fairy lights, because it was 2009. Uh, I still have fairy lights. Thank you very much. <laughs> I support you. <laughs> uh, all right. How do we feel about the ending of this film? I. How do we feel about a 150-year-old going to prom? And also, oh my however... God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because that's why they, they go dress shopping she's and in, whatnot. She's in, like, a cast, because of course she is. And, like, that whole... Everything bad that happens to her and how they somehow explain that to her dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Charlie, but what? Like, you don't... What? Yeah. <laughs> I fell down some stairs. That's what they... That's yeah. what they told him, right? That she yeah. fell down some stairs. Yeah. When it was supposed to be, like, believable or whatever, because she's so clumsy, but... Well, I know that's literally what you say when you are in an abusive relationship and you can't right? think of another <laughs> like right? excuse to be as mangled as you are. Was it like I she fell down some stairs and into like through a glass door that's right. or yes. something? Yeah, like, she like also fell through glass, like a thing that's never happened to a living person ever. Like, what? <laughs> it's like a horrible freak accident. I don't know. There's that movie, The Staircase. That's true. Oh my god, that's not that's not what happened. I know. Okay, I've never seen it. Just so we're clear, I've never seen it. I just know about the owl theory. For our staircase podcast, be sure to tune in to. (laughs) Um. Yeah. No, she winds up in a cast and also a a a one cast and one Chuck, because she's a quirky teenager. Uh, she falls short like she's she's not manic or pixie or dream <laughs> but somehow but she is so, like the, she's somehow like quirky and depressed elf normal girl <laughs> yes <laughs> that's it depressed elf normal girl Bella Swan <laughs> simultaneously quirky and lacking in personality Uh, she's just so sad she's just so sad and so quirky all at the same time and yet somehow i feel for her and then they have the world's worst dance scene outside oh my god in the gazebo gazebo where it's literally just them rocking back and forth well that's how you dance right i know i know I mean, that's how I dance now. I don't know what you like. I don't know how to dance. Oh, I don't dance now. <laughs> We're too goth to dance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the ending is... And then, dun-dun-dun. Do you remember who else is there? At the prom? At the prom. Jacob. Not Jacob. Who? Victoria in a wild oh, fur yeah, coat. Oh, that's right. She's like, like pl- doesn't she have like a plunging neckline or something like, insane? She's up in the school. Yeah, like, looking she's down. like watching them. Yeah, she has on a very because revealing she's a dress. villain. That's, and that's right. what you do when you're a villain. I'm gonna come back in the next movie, but I'm gonna be a different. She's person. also very obviously not a teenager. Yeah, like is she supposed? Oh, well, no, she's in the school but I mean, I'm just saying, like, she's there dressed for prom ostensibly. Like, she's. 
She's not even like 90s TV show passing teenager. But then she doesn't come back until Eclipse, right? She comes back. I think she comes back for a minute in the next one. But whenever it becomes a storyline that's mainly about Victoria. So, yeah, in the third one, she's Bryce Dallas Howard. Right. And I feel so bad for that actress. Because, because the second one is is the is the Italy one. But I think she is in the second one a little bit. Okay. I think. I could be wrong. We're going to watch the second one, so I guess I'll find out. Okay. But, yeah, no, I mean, she's... Oh, the second one is when we really get, like, Bella's deep depression. <sighs> yeah. Honestly? Because, okay, we'll save that. It's relatable. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I mean, relatable. it's actually a really good depiction of depression, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah. So, um, I guess... How do we close out this bitch? I have no idea. Same. <laughs> um, we are our other episodes, so we're gonna do one for each movie, and then we'll have other episodes that are about various topics in movies. Sometimes vampire specific, sometimes not. Twilight in the you know, um, hmm, I can't think of the very specific literary term that I'm looking for right now. Can you describe it? The, uh, the f- feeling of now. <laughs> you can cut out all of this, please. <laughs> Steven, cut this out. Steven! <laughs> um, <laughs> Twilight in, you know, modern pop culture. The cultural How zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Thank you. Zeitgeist is the literary term that I was looking for. <laughs> um, yeah. How it's impacted other things. How it's you oh, know yeah. clearly influenced by other things. Mm-hmm. Things that mm-hmm. have stuff in common with it. All that good stuff. Yeah. It definitely. An is. analysis in cultural context, if you will. It I definitely helped build YA into what it became. Mm. Like, absolutely. Nobody gave a shit about YA before. <laughs> or, I mean, people did, but, like... That's th- extremely true. Between Twilight and Harry Potter, there's a lot of... It brought it into... For some reason, moms liked it all of a sudden. Yes, not that no one gave a shit about YA, but, like, adults didn't give a shit about YA. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and studios didn't really give much of a shit about making YA into big-budget pictures. Right. Yeah. And now we can't get away from it. It's never going to stop. Sure. Thanks, Hunger Games. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. uh, And be sure to join us again. When are we doing this? I don't know. Okay. At some point in the future. I I don't even know when this episode's coming out. So (laughs) Tune in to find out if we ever do this again. If we can ever get our shit together enough to record another episode. No, um, um, I think we're planning on doing, what, twice a month? What? Uh, releases. Once a month, once a month releases. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so tune in next month. Yes, for... and you can follow us on Twitter. Yes. I am at Short and Creepy. I'm at Cranston. That's K-R-A-N-S-T-I-N. Uh, and you can also check out my other podcast, Bad Girls Die First, at badgirlspodcast.com. And you can read my backlog of feminist horror uh, analysis at goodtrashmedia.com. 
question mark? I'm like, like, I'm like side-eyeing <laughs> Arthur to be like, is that right? I don't know our own website. Uh, at goodtrashmedia.com, I am the Frightful Femme. Uh, and if enough people click on those and read them, maybe I'll start writing them again. And definitely go check out all the other Good Trash Media content. Absolutely. Especially the Good Trash Genrecast episode about Captain Marvel. That we're both on. <laughs> that is part of the reason we're sitting in this room here with you today. So true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, stay Twilight.